Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park Why has Triple H been so successful? Why is Triple H running WWE better than Vince McMahon and Bruce Prichard on Monday and Friday night? Long-term booking. What is going on, guys? Thank you so very much for joining me right here on Off The Script. This is your Friday Night Smackdown post-show for November 11th, 2022. I am your host, JD, from New York. As always, coming to you live from the OTS venue. Thank you guys so very much for joining me on your Friday evenings, wherever you may be. Smackdown tonight, man, very good show. Smackdown's been the best show in my honest opinion, even through the lulls and even through all of Crown Jewel, SmackDown has been largely the most exciting show out of the three big weekly shows, Monday Night Raw and Wednesday Night Dynamite. Friday Night, SmackDown tonight, no difference. Excellent show. We got a lot to talk about and we got a lot to dive into, man. War Games is building very nicely. We got... Some of the ladies in the War Games match at Survivor Series, that was kind of forwarded on Monday. And tonight, it's all about the men, because we're going with the bloodline and the brawling brutes. Now, it's going to create a very, very interesting situation. And I can't wait to see it all unfold. The bloodline is definitely going to be in war games. It's going to be Roman, the Usos, and Solo Sokoa, along with Sami Zayn. It's 10 competitors. It's five on five. Sami Zayn is in the World Cup, the SmackDown World Cup. The winner of the SmackDown World Cup gets a shot at Gunther for the Intercontinental Championship. So I'm assuming that Sami Zayn is not going to win the World Cup. And he's going to, he may end up winning it. I don't, I don't know when this match is going to take place. I would assume that it's going to be at Survivor Series because why would you not want to have Gunther defend the Intercontinental title at Survivor Series? I think that's a little silly. But regardless of that, it's going to be five on five. And there's only an honorary oose that is suitable for the fifth spot. And that is Sami Zayn. The Brawling Brutes, Sheamus is back, Pete Dunne, Butch, and Ridge Holland. Drew McIntyre showed up tonight. To tie up loose ends here, to get his revenge per se, 
on Solo, Sokoa, and Roman Reigns. He's joining his best friend, Sheamus. It makes all the sense in the world. I knew it was going to be Drew McIntyre. If it wasn't going to be the New Day, it was definitely going to be Drew McIntyre. I would assume the other member of the Brawling Brutes and Drew McIntyre, the other member of the Babyface squad going into war games to battle the bloodline is going to be none other than Kevin Owens. Kevin Owens is going to join them. Kevin Owens has been off TV for a little bit. Everybody's been wondering where Kevin Owens has been. I reported this on the podcast on Sunday. If you guys missed it, go check it out. Kevin Owens has been off TV because they're waiting for the ample time. They're waiting for the right time to bring back Kevin Owens and put him in the bloodline story where it's going to facilitate Sammy getting booted ultimately out of the bloodline and there to his rescue there to soften the blow is going to be Kevin Owens. And that's going to lead to the Usos versus Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens at WrestleMania. That's my prediction. I think it's pretty common sense. It's it's logic that it's going to be heading in that direction. That's the best story out of everything you could possibly tell right now. But when he gets kicked out of the bloodline, there should be none other than Kevin Owens sitting there telling him, I told you so, now let's get down to business and let's kick some ass. That's going to be a tremendous War Games match. I can't wait to see it. And it's super exciting that we're getting this on the main roster. If you guys know War Games, if you've seen Triple H do War Games, the Undisputed Era have been in almost all of the War Games outside of the last one that we saw. It's going to be a tremendous match, man. You got guys like that in that match that's going to cause a lot of chaos. It's going to be carnage all over the place. So I'm very much looking forward to all of that in Boston. The other big thing that we had happen tonight was the World Cup. There's a SmackDown World Cup. And the winner of this World Cup, it's an eight-man single elimination tournament. The winner of this World Cup will get a number one contender ship for the Intercontinental Championship at Gunther, I presume, at Survivor Series. I don't know why it would not be at Survivor Series. You probably want all hands on deck for Survivor Series. I think that would be a great way to showcase the Intercontinental Championship on top of everything that we've done so far with the IC title. Sami Zayn is in this tournament. We had two, we had two matches, two first-round matches tonight. We had Santos Escobar and Shinsuke Nakamura. Santos is in the next round. And then we have Braun Strowman versus Jinder Mahal. And that was a quick squash there. Braun Strowman, he's in his own hot water. We'll get into that a little later. But it looks like we may be setting up for some interesting matches as a potential final for the World Cup. We could be looking at a rematch between Ricochet and Gunther. We could be looking at a first-time match with Gunther and Braun Strowman, which is a very interesting prospect, to say the least. I think that's a very interesting option to go with. Sami Zayn is always an interesting option. That could be one of the ways that the bloodline kind of lose Sami Zayn and they... Kind of get rid of him. Listen, we all have championships, right? Solo Sokoa had his championship. Where's your championship? So we could be looking at Sami Zayn potentially winning that tournament. I don't think that's going to be the case, but it's always a possibility. Mustafa Ali's in this tournament coming over from Monday Night Raw. I got news on why he's in the tournament when he's a Monday Night Raw superstar. Lots of different options for the World Cup. So we'll go over that as we had two first round matches tonight. Sarah Logan made her return to the WWE. She is now with Ivar and Eric of the Viking Raiders. Excellent presentation by WWE in regards to Sarah Logan. 
Shotzi Blackheart is the new, the new number one contender for Ronda Rousey. Yawn, snore, give me a pillow, put me to sleep. I don't care. Who gives a fuck? Just give me Shayna Baszler. That's all I care at this point. Just give me more Shayna Baszler. Shotzi Blackheart and Ronda Rousey at War Games. I'll tell you why. It's so ironic that they chose Shotzi going into Boston and going into War Games for the SmackDown Women's Championship. And Bray Wyatt. Bray Wyatt was on the show tonight. We didn't get any more cryptic vignettes. We didn't get any QR codes. We didn't get Uncle Howdy. We got Bray Wyatt standing face-to-face with L.A. Knight. I don't know why. I am as confused as everybody else with this one. L.A. Knight and Bray Wyatt. What the hell did that altercation mean for Bray Wyatt? Is he looking to enlist Bray Wyatt? Is he looking to feed on the cockiness and the anger that is L.A. Knight? Does he need to feed his appetite? I don't know. Very, very, very unexpected stare down and promo back and forth between Bray Wyatt and L.A. Knight. So we'll talk about that. Amongst other things this evening on the SmackDown post show right here on Off the Script, man. We got a decent crowd in here, man. 1,500 on a Friday night. I know there's a lot of other things you could be doing on Friday night. But I'm glad you're joining me to get caught up on your WWE shenanigans. A couple of things happened today, man. Let me talk to you. A couple of things happened to me. Uh, I got a new camera, so if I look a little different from the last camera, I don't know if you guys can tell. Uh, I still got to mess with the settings. This is the best that I've gotten today. But I got myself a new Elgato camera, and this is the result. So hopefully I look good and I sound good. YouTube, they gave me access to the music creator or the creator music beta where I can buy licensed music now. Shitty thing is that I don't know how it works. Apparently, it's only good for whatever they have on there. I I mean, I looked through my entire Spotify playlist to see if I could buy a license for a song to use for my content. Literally everything I listen to, 99.9% of everything I listen to, either doesn't have the option to license or buy anything, or you can't use it, which sucks. And YouTube right now, which is absolutely fucking asinine, they're only allowing you to buy licensed music to use in regular uploads. I can't even use it on a live stream. So what the fuck is the point when you want to push live streams... And everybody's doing the live thing. We can't buy licensed music to do on the live streams. Just a really, really bad experience with that, man. I don't know if any of my content creator friends are listening to me. If you guys are content creators and have access to it, it's it's so fucking lame. It was disappointing. It absolutely made me sad today. You wait for these things and it's like, oh my God, new things. And then it's not what... You really expect. And then YouTube, also, they have now separated the regular uploads from live uploads, live streams, on the homepage. So if you go look at my homepage, you will see, I uploaded something today, so if you guys missed it, you could go check that out. It should be on the homepage. But before that, it wasn't showing anything on my homepage from nine days ago. 
Nine days ago is when the last time, supposedly, I uploaded videos. Meanwhile, I've been live every fucking night. So if you guys want to go catch up with my stuff, which is mostly live streams, you got to go to the live. They, they separated it now in a live stream category. You got to go to the live section on the homepage and go check out what I did. Fucking stupid, man. Just want to make sure you guys are aware of that. Anyway, follow me on social media at JD from NY206. I don't know what's going on with Twitter, man. Twitter's all fucked up. I got a check mark. You guys know that I'm verified on Twitter. I went through the regular process of being verified. I got verified through my hard work and my credentials here online. And apparently, Twitter Blue is going away and it's a complete fucking mess. Everything about it is a complete fucking mess. You got people out here imitating LeBron James. You got people out here imitating Donald Trump troll accounts. OJ Simpson was the funniest one I've seen. So they stopped all of Twitter Blue subscriptions. I don't know. On mobile, it says I'm I'm verified through Twitter Blue. If I go to desktop, it says I'm verified through the old way. I don't know what the fuck's going on. It's really, really pissing me off. I got a bunch of unknown check marks. I got a bunch of fucking geeks in my verified tab on Twitter. I don't know what's going on, man. Everything's a fucking... I feel like everything is just being turned upside down. It's really annoying. Yes, OJ Simpson was... This is what happens with Twitter. I don't know how these people have all this money and then didn't think of the ramification. You got OJ Simpson troll accounts out there saying that he did it. That he killed Nicole in cold blood. And then he's got a verified check mark next to it. He's got a troll account. It's unbelievable. All I want is my verified check mark that I worked my ass off for. Anyway, follow me on Twitter. It's a shit show. Instagram, TikTok, and Cameo. Links are down below. Hit that subscribe button down below. Turn on the bell for notifications so you do know when I go live. Go check out all the other content on the channel, live streams and such. I did an extra today. Go and check that out. We talk about the return of CM Punk. He's back in the public spotlight. He did some MMA play-by-play Thursday night. He looks like a poor man's Aaron Rodgers. But he's in good spirits. That's all we can ask for. Braun Strowman's got backstage. We talked about that. And WWE ready to give a major independent name a private tryout. At the Performance Center. Go check that out today. It's on the homepage. OTS Extra for your Friday afternoon. I even linked it in the live stream chat. Go check that out right at the top. Hit that thumbs up. I need a thousand likes minimum. Super chats are open. Get them on in. You guys know the deal. We'll hang out with our curl beverages at the end of the show. And the memberships, man. Get them on in. Always accepting applications to the VIP club. We have some construction going on in the venue. There is a very, 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 very private underground bar that I'm working on, man. Hopefully, when I get the rough sketch for it and give it to my boys over at DV8 Designs, we'll be hanging out in what I'm going to call my mother's basement. We're about to move into a speakeasy downstairs, fellas and ladies. How about that, man? An underground speakeasy in the OTS venue. Who would have thought? Who would have thought, bro? 
My mother's basement coming soon. You got to love it. And tonight's show is sponsored by my great friends over at Blue Chew, BlueChew.com. Code JD at checkouts. Free sample. Go check them out. Love them. Sponsoring the show right here tonight for the SmackDown post show on OTS. Let's get into the SmackDown post show, man. We're going to start at the top. We got the Usos. The longest reigning tag team champions of all time in WWE against the New Day. The New Day before tonight were the longest reigning tag team champions in WWE history. They demolished, no pun intended, demolition and their record. The Usos, after tonight, if they got through the New Day, they would be the longest reigning tag team champions of all time. Now, I know a lot of people, I've seen some people talking about this online when I had mentioned it, and I, and I absolutely agree with you. The Usos, their tag team title run is less than impressive. See, this is my problem when you, and I'm not taking anything away from the Usos. They are one of the best tag teams on the planet. I'm not taking anything away from them. It's more than, it's more than just the Usos. It's WWE's fault. It's WWE's negligence for the tag team division. They may be one of the best tag teams of all time. But Reigns like the Usos and even the New Day, even Reigns like the New Day, they are only in number. That's all the WWE wants. They want the record. They want to break records. They want to forget about their their, their past. Vince at least did. Triple H at least respects the past much more than Vince did. Vince didn't give a shit about the past. The New Day had a very unimpressive title reign. No matter how many days they held it, it was... Just very mid. It was very uneventful. You can't really brag about the length of the reign when most of your title defenses came against the Usos. It's not really what I look at when I look at, oh, longest reigning tag team champions of all time. Now, again, the New Day are great, but I'm not going to sit here and tell you that they're the greatest tag team of all time. They're not. Not in my book, anyway. Neither are the Usos. So looking at what the contents are of their reign, it's not really all that impressive. The feud between these two teams is impressive. It's always a banger. Always, always, always a banger. We got a $100 super chat, and we need a round of applause here. My boy Nick Williams with a $100 super chat. Nick Williams, thank you so much, brother. He says, sad to see the New Day lose, but happy my childhood is complete. Ash Ketchum is the new world champ of Pokemon after beating Leon. Round of applause for 25 years. Santos is growing on me. Well, congratulations to Ash Ketchum. I didn't know Ash Ketchum was actually a a real-life fucking person, Pokemon champion. I've been addicted to Pokemon Go, bro. I'm actually going into the city tomorrow to get me a Mega Gyarados. And maybe a Guzzlord. I don't know. So we'll see what happens. I got two raid passes. I got to get myself a Mega Gyarados, and I got to get myself a Guzzlord, bro. That's all I know. I may even go out and buy the new Pokemon games from Nintendo Switch. They look pretty fucking good, man. And now it's an open-world RPG. I love me some open-world RPGs. 
Here I am talking about Pokemon when I got uh, sidetracked talking about the Usos in the New Day. Anyway, thank you, Nick Williams. I appreciate you, brother. Thank you, as always, for being in the venue and supporting the OTS venue. There's no I in team, but there is one in Indeed, and that's the hiring platform that you need to build yours. When you're hiring, you need Indeed. Instead of spending hours on multiple job sites searching for candidates with the right skills, Indeed's a powerful hiring platform that can help you do it all. One of the things I love about Indeed is that it makes hiring all in one place so easy because Indeed does the hard work for you. They show you the candidates whose resumes on Indeed fit your description immediately after you post so you can hire faster. Join more than 3 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. Start hiring now with a $75 sponsored job credit to upgrade your job post at Indeed.com slash BlueWireSports. Offer good for a limited time. Claim your $75 credit now at Indeed.com slash BlueWireSports. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWireSports. And support the show by saying that you heard it on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWireSports. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. The feud between these two teams is excellent. Not taking anything away from these two teams. And what did I tell you guys, man? What did I tell you guys? It's only a one-off. Everybody was like, oh, I don't want to see another new day. An Usos match, man. It's only a one-off. I don't get what everybody's up in arms about. Everybody's looking to complain about something. It's like the fucking people online that complained that me and Jesse were negative on AEW Dynamite. We like Dynamite. We're just unhappy with the creative direction. Do you fucking mind? Like, I haven't been praising, and and Jesse hasn't been praising AEW for the last three and a half fucking years, man. What happens when we're overly positive? That's seemingly swept under the rug. Everybody was complaining about this, and I'm telling people, calm the fuck down. It's only a one-off. And what happened? Once again this year, I was proven right. I don't know what you guys would have done, but this is a good TV match. This is a perfect TV match, if you ask me. World titles are on the line. The New Day is in a position where they don't want to lose their longest title reign record. So they're going to go out and challenge the Usos and put a stop to that because they don't want their record broken. And what did we get? We got 30 minutes. The first 30 minutes of SmackDown were taken up by the Usos and the New Day. There's a lot more positive that comes out of this than you think negative. All you're seeing is the surface. Oh, another New Day Usos match. Boring. What I see here is A, a banger. B, the New Day logically trying to put a stop to the Usos so their record isn't being broken. C, we got mega importance on the tag team championships. Something like this puts a huge spotlight on the tag team championships and it puts huge importance on the tag team titles within the WWE. They were the first thing that you saw today and they were contested in 30 minutes to open SmackDown tonight. SmackDown had that first hour, man. That first hour of SmackDown was great. We got this and then we got Santos and Shinsuke Nakamura, which was also a very good match. There's, there's literally nothing for anybody to complain about here. Nothing. We got a banger. And the Usos, they are still the WWE Tag Team Champions. And rightfully so. There was no way the, the, the Usos were losing the Tag Team Championships to the New Day when 
the team that's going to take the titles off of the Usos are going to be Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens when the time is right. Roman Reigns, Paul Heyman, and Solo Sokoa are in the back in the locker room watching this match. Obviously, with vested interest because championships are on the line and Roman does not want the bloodline looking weak. No Sami Zayn. I don't know where Sami Zayn is. Sami Zayn was not there. He was not on the show. He will be on the show next week, I believe. Fans broke into an Usi chant before the bell. New Day Rocks chants were also heard. Usos isolated Kofi. New Day, they quickly took over, reversed the tides here. Sent the Usos out to the floor. Kingston wiped them out with his trust dive off the top rope. Kingston and Jimmy treaded shots, came back from a small commercial break. Usos took control again after Jay caught Kofi with a suicide dive. Kingston, they cut him off from his corner, beat him down, and Kingston was beat down for the majority of this match until he did make a hot tag. Kingston and Jimmy were treading shots. Uh, fans erupted. We want Sammy. We want Sammy. Sammy Uso chance as well. Jimmy slowed the pace down. Kofi Kingston broke free with a middle rope drop kick. He then takes Jimmy and threw him out to the floor. He fought off Jay Uso. Kingston went to go make a tag to Xavier. Jimmy pulled Xavier off the apron. Very smart move there by the Usos. So still in control are the Usos over Kofi Kingston. We go to another commercial break. Woods eventually gets the hot tag here. As soon as we're back, he took it to the Usos two-on-one. He caught Jimmy with the side Russian leg sweep. Scored a near fall on Jay. Woods and Kingston hit double-team moves on Jay, uh, ending with Woods hitting a top-rope leg drop. That looked beautiful for a close near-fall two-count. Crowd went crazy off of that. It looked gorgeous. Kingston hit the boom drop. Missed the trouble in paradise. Jay made a blind tag behind everybody's back. Kingston hit an SOS for a near fall. Usos ran wild with double super kicks on both Xavier and Kofi. Followed up with the double flying frog splash on Xavier Woods. Everybody thought this was it. And Xavier kicks out of the double Uso splash. Awesome near fall here by the Usos in the new day. Usos were obviously upset. Thought they had the match won. Did not. They set up for the 1D. Kingston pulled out Jimmy outside. New Day hits a midnight hour on Jimmy on the outside. In the ring, New Day hit a midnight hour on Jay. Everybody thought it was over. And Jay Uso kicked out of the midnight hour. Fans thought that was the finish of the match. They thought we had new tag team champions. Usos and New Day were in the middle of the ring now. We had Jimmy, Jay, Kofi, Xavier, Trading shots back and forth. Big melee here between all four guys. Jay sent Woods out to the floor. Took him out with a super kick into the timekeeper's area. He was taken out of the match. Kingston fought off the Usos two-on-one. Kingston dove off the top rope. Looking for a big one last Hail Mary move. And he got caught mid-air in a 1D unexpectedly. And the Usos go for the pin. One, two, three. And the Usos retain the WWE Undisputed Tag Team Championships. They are the longest reigning tag team champions of the modern era in WWE. Excellent match. I have absolutely no complaints about it. This was served as a one-off. This was logical. It made for a great TV match. There was a spotlight on the tag team titles. I literally cannot say anything bad about this. For anybody saying... Oh, it's just another New Day Usos match. Pass. I'll skip it. 
He missed a great match. Was it the best match that they've had? No, it was not. But it did its job, and it did a lot of good for the Usos. It did a lot of good for the New Day. It did a lot of good for the tag team division and the tag team titles, and it made sense. And it was a great TV match. Easy. Easy. When I watch a show, I do not want my intelligence insulted. This did not insult anybody's intelligence. This was innocent. It made sense. And I'm glad we got it because the Usos needed this win to solidify their big reign. And what better way to do that than beating the former record holders in the new day? After the break, Reigns is in the back. We see Roman Reigns and Paul Heyman stand up. And they're excited about their win. The Usos were excited. Jay asked, what do you think? Reigns kind of no-sold it. He stood up. He didn't show any emotion. Made the Usos nervous. He thought he thought that, uh, or they thought rather, that Roman was going to yell at them. Reigns smiled. He ended up congratulating them. He said, they've done what they needed to do, and now it's time for him to handle some stuff. Whatever that means, I don't know. It was very, very vague, very cryptic. By Roman Reigns. Handle stuff. Whatever the hell that meant. Said he needs them on his side tonight because he needs to do things the right way out in the ring live tonight. They all embraced. They all hugged. Solo stood behind. Arms crossed. He did not get involved. The bodyguard of the Usos remains unfazed. So nobody knew what that meant. I I don't know if that had any Sami Zayn implications or he was looking to call out the Brawling Brutes. I I don't know what he was about to do. The Brawling Brutes ended up coming out and interrupting the bloodline anyway. But Roman had some business to take care of, and he wanted the Usos there at the end of the show by his side. The SmackDown World Cup. I think this is a great idea. If WWE holds two men's tournaments throughout the entire year, barring any injury and any mishap with a vacant championship or whatnot, I'll be fine with that. I love the idea of a World Cup. I do. I think the idea of a World Cup is actually a brilliant idea, and it's something that I can get behind as being a yearly tradition for SmackDown or Raw in the WWE, leading to an Intercontinental Championship number one contender. WWE has a ton of ethnic backgrounds, a ton of ethnicities in the WWE that this something like this would make sense. And this match, the first match that we got, clearly, you see it on display. Shinsuke Nakamura from Japan against Santos Escobar from Mexico. This makes sense. I love it. Shinsuke Nakamura, Santos Escobar, first round of the SmackDown World Cup. He's out there, is Santos, with Joaquin Wilde, Cruz del Toro, and Zelina Vega. Now, during Phantasma and the entrance for Legato, Escobar says he won't just represent Mexico. We got a little picture-in-picture promo. He won't just represent Mexico. He'll show Shinsuke how they deal with reckless people where he comes from. Escobar is great. I love Santos Escobar, man. His body language, his demeanor, his cadence, everything about it is just fucking... He's just so suave. He's so cool, right? And I think there are, there's going to be big things in store for Santos Escobar, man. I love it. Hopefully, you guys get on board with Santos. If you're not already on board for, for you know, what he did in NXT, you, you should already be on board. The guy is money. The guy is going to be money. Nakamura, kind of cold. 
there really isn't much going on with Nakamura. And I kind of figured that Nakamura was being set up to make Santos look good here. And that's exactly what had happened here in this match. It went about 10 minutes. They got some decent time here in the first round of the SmackDown World Cup. They did promote the Shinsuke Nakamura and Great Muda match on New Year's Day that WWE is allowing Shinsuke Nakamura to take part in. So that was something different, and that would have never happened. First of all, Shinsuke would never be wrestling the Great Muda if Vince McMahon was there, and that would have never been mentioned. The Great Muda's retirement would have never been mentioned on commentary by Michael Cole if Vince McMahon was still in charge. So we got this match, bell rings, we go right to commercial break. So most of this match happened in the commercial break. Escobar hit a drop kick. Nakamura took over, tossed him into the barricade. Nakamura took it to Escobar again with an Inzuguri flurry of offense from Nakamura. Hit a sliding German suplex, which he usually does off the middle rope. Escobar fought back by attacking Nakamura's injured knee in the match. Legato caused a distraction. This is where things got a little overbooked. And I'm going to make a recommendation here because... It seems like this is the same thing that WWE did with Andrade and Zelina. Now they're doing it with Santos and Zelina. I don't like it. Now, I know they're a faction, and I know that it's going to be something where they're going to use the numbers games to get the advantage, but it doesn't need to happen every time, okay? Legato caused the distraction. So we got Joaquin Wilde jumping on the apron and Cruz del Toro trying to attack Nakamura on the outside. Nakamura, uh, he recovered from the offense that Santos was dishing out. Took it to all of Legato. Nakamura climbed to the top rope. Escobar cut him off. He then hit a middle rope phantom driver off the top rope after all the distractions. Zelina even got involved. Top rope, or middle rope rather, phantom driver, which is his finishing move, which is a Michinoku driver. Basically, he calls it the phantom driver. For the one, two, three, he pins Nakamura and Santos Escobar. Is advancing in the SmackDown World Cup. Now, we don't have brackets. Do we have brackets? Did WWE announce the brackets for the SmackDown World Cup? I didn't really see anything online. Let me see quickly if I could see what is going on with the brackets. Uh, All we got is the eight guys in the tournament. That's all we got. We got Braun Strowman, Shinsuke Nakamura, Sami Zayn, Santos Escobar, Rey Mysterio, Jinder Mahal, Butch, and Ricochet. Now, we got Strowman and Jinder Mahal tonight, and we got Santos Escobar and Shinsuke Nakamura tonight. So those two matches to take care of. Next week, we got uh, Rey Mysterio and Mustafa Ali, and then we got Butch versus Sami Zayn, and that's it. So those are the competitors in this World Cup. Now... I would love to see, first of all, let me get this out before I go into any other intriguing matchups that this tournament could provide. I would love to see Santos Escobar and Ricochet in the final. That's just me. Now, I'm looking at the original list. Rey Mysterio was pulled. Uh, Apparently, Rey Mysterio was supposed to be in this thing, but I I think they're going to save a Rey Mysterio uh, tease with Santos somewhere down the line. It could have easily happened in this tournament. I'm going with Ricochet and Santos in the finals. That's what I would like to see come out of this tournament. I think that would be absolutely fantastic. Now, as far as what I think is going to happen, I would love to see Braun Strowman go all the way to the finals, and I would love to see Braun Strowman lose to one of the men 
that he called flippy, floppy, flippery wrestlers who suck and that they should be bagging his groceries at Kroger's. What poetic justice it would be for Braun Strowman to advance in this tournament to ultimately lose to one of these floppy, flippy wrestlers that he went on social media the day after Crown Jewel and blasted on Twitter. That's what I'd love to see. Do I think that's going to happen? I don't know. I don't know. Now, the realistic thing, the realistic possibility that we could all see come out of this tournament, if this is going to really be a intercontinental championship match for Gunther at Survivor Series, what is the best match? What is the most marquee match you could do with Gunther out of the eight men in this tournament? I'd love to see another rematch with Gunther and Ricochet. Give them 20 minutes on pay-per-view, they'd fucking kill it. But we've seen that twice already. Who wants to see that again? And why would you put Ricochet in a position to do the third match with Gunther when you know it's going to be an inevitable loss? So Ricochet may be out of the question. Mustafa Ali, I'd love to see him advance and go and beat Braun Strowman just for what Braun Strowman said on social media. I also don't see that happening. Sami Zayn's another one. Sami Zayn could win this tournament. I'd love to see that match, right? That could play into the whole, oh, you didn't do it for the bloodline. You're not good enough. You're not cut out to be in the bloodline, but I think he's going to be in war games. So Sami Zayn is, to me, out of the question. The only one left is Braun Strowman. We could see Pete Dunne. We could see Butch, but Butch is going to be in war games. See, Butch is in this tournament, but Butch is already in war games. So why would he, unless we're not going to get the championship match at Survivor Series. But again, I, I don't know why we wouldn't put Gunther on the Survivor Series card. Do you understand where I'm coming from? So if we're doing it at Survivor Series, Sami Zayn and Butch can't win this tournament. So are we doing it at Survivor Series or are we doing it at some other time on a random episode of SmackDown? I would assume we're doing it at Survivor Series. So I think what we're going to get here is Braun Strowman win this tournament and the punishment, the lashing that management is going to give Braun Strowman for what he did the locker room and their revenge on Braun Strowman will come at the hands of Gunther. I think we're going to get Braun Strowman and Gunther for the Intercontinental Championship at Survivor Series, and I think it's going to be a colossal match, and I think it's going to be a show, and I think it's going to be Gunther beating the living shit out of Braun Strowman. What better way for Gunther to solidify even further his Intercontinental Championship title reign than by beating Braun Strowman and taking care of him with ease? I'd love to see it. Now, Santos, you know, Santos, I don't know who he's going to go up against. I don't. I'm assuming we're going to get Ricochet and Santos at some point. Maybe we'll get Sammy and Braun. I don't know. I have no idea. But Santos, I know he can't lose. I know a lot of people already say, oh, Santos can't lose. But, you know, it it is what it is. Santos is going to be fine. A loss in this tournament is not going to you know, hurt Santos Escobar in any way. Gunther and Braun Strowman is the only match I see coming out of this tournament in the final, if we're doing it at Survivor Series. That's just me. That's something I'd be interested in. And I think that would be one hell of a match, to be honest with you. We're all about Gunther. We're all about building Gunther up and getting him to where he needs to be with that Intercontinental Championship. And if that means beating Braun Strowman and getting this Braun Strowman match out of the way, then so be it. So be it. Now, the one thing I did want to mention about Santos Escobar, you know, Santos Escobar needed the 
guys that he was with, Cruz del Toro and Joaquin Wilde. He needed Zelina. He needed all of Legado del Fantasma to go out there and help him win this match. I really hope that we do not get an overabundance of Legato helping Santos win because that's the same thing that they did with Andrade and Zelina. Every match that Andrade wrestled in, Zelina was always there with a fucking Hurricane Rana off the steel steps onto uh, Andrade's opponent. We do not need... Santos Escobar winning matches via nefarious means and outside interference every single time. It's going to end up diminishing him if he can't win a match on his own. I understand he's a heel. I understand the numbers game. But it's not written in blood in the fucking rule book that a heel needs to cheat to win every single time. The man can get clean wins on his own. He's an incredible wrestler. He does not need Cruz del Toro and Joaquin Wilde and Zelina Vega to win, the, to win matches every fucking week. Come on now. I hope to God that they lessen the outside interference and let Santos shine and win matches on his own. Only use it when it's absolutely imperative for him. It's going to be a little bit more impactful that way. L.A. Knight. L.A. Knight is one of my favorite things about SmackDown. He really hasn't made much of a splash yet, but give him time. We got Megan Morant interviewing L.A. Knight. He said he should have been in the SmackDown World Cup. I agree. Why isn't L.A. Knight in the SmackDown World Cup? I love the fact that that is the first thing that L.A. Knight mentioned. That is the best start to a promo if you're L.A. Knight. Why am I not in the SmackDown World Cup? Not only does it make LA Knight wants to go out there and achieve, but it also puts a spotlight on how prestigious everybody's taking the World Cup to be. I love it. So he's in the back with Megan Morant. The monitor behind him is flickering with the Bray Wyatt Firefly logo. He said the tournament is all for knots because he's not in it. The screen started flickering Firefly images again and again and again. This obviously caught the attention of Megan Morant. Knight looked over at Megan and said, what are you doing? He looks behind him and he said, this is what you're paying attention to? This is more interesting than me? This is my time. He started complaining. He started to yell at the producers and the agents back to get this shit off the TV. This is my time. This is my promo. All of a sudden, he turns around and face-to-face, he is with Bray Wyatt. L.A. Knight and Bray Wyatt is something that I did not have on my bingo card at all in 2022, and neither did you. This is going to be a little bit more difficult for people to uncover and pick apart to find clues as to where Bray Wyatt's going next. Nobody expected L.A. Knight to now be involved in whatever is going on with Bray Wyatt. My name is Bray Wyatt, he says. Now we can be friends. He says he can see the anger and rage brewing inside L.A. Knight. He said his whole life, people were telling him his rage was going to make him a monster. But the thing is, for the longest time, he's been pretending that he isn't proud of the things he does. I just don't know how true that is anymore. 
He said he knows what it takes to get respect. He asked Knight how far he's willing to go. Knight said that's none of his business, but he should go back to the locker room to play with his puppets and stick them wherever it pleasures him. Only L.A. Knight could tell Bray Wyatt to take his toys and stick them up where it usually pleasures him. He said at the end of the day, it's L.A. Knight's game. Bray Wyatt all of a sudden headbutted L.A. Knight and walked away. L.A. Knight stood up and asked, where the hell did he go? And that was the last we saw of L.A. Knight. And that was the last we saw of Bray Wyatt. I don't know. I don't know. Obviously, there's one of two things that happen here. L.A. Knight's going to be the first feud for Bray Wyatt. When that's going to happen, I don't know. Of all the people to feud with is L.A. Knight. That's a little shocking to say the least. First feud could end up being L.A. Knight. By the looks of it, that's exactly where we're going. Do I think L.A. Knight's going to be enlisted into the Wyatt Six? Do I think L.A. Knight's going to be a part of whatever visions... That Bray Wyatt is having, is he going to be aligned in some way with Wyatt and the Wyatt universe? No. I don't see L.A. Knight doing that. I don't think L.A. Knight needs that. I don't think that's best for L.A. Knight. L.A. Knight is going to be L.A. Knight. What I do think is going to happen here is that WWE is taking somebody that can generate massive amounts of heat and take Bray Wyatt and fuse them together here in this first feud. And this is a great guy for him to feud with if this is the route that they're going. L.A. Knight's very good at what he does. L.A. Knight can talk. L.A. Knight can shit talk the best of them, right? And this is somebody that is credible enough in the ring for Bray Wyatt as a return first feud and a return first match. Get his feet wet. Jump into the pool and dip your toe in there with L.A. Knight. That's more likely where we go with this. How L.A. Knight fits into all this, I don't know. He's angry. L.A. Knight's angry. He's cocky. He's arrogant. Bray Wyatt sees that he's angry. And Bray Wyatt even said tonight that he sees the anger and rage brewing inside of him. And his whole life, people were telling him his rage was going to make a monster out of him. Is he going to use that anger now towards L.A. Knight to get that monster to kind of reveal itself? I don't know. Maybe this is one of those things that Uncle Howdy is telling him to go out there and do. Here's your first target. Somebody who resonates with that anger similar to what you did with your anger. I need you to go and look at somebody who's very similar to what you were and feed on that. I don't know. I could see this being a feud for Bray Wyatt right out of the gate to get his feet wet back in WWE. We haven't seen him in the ring in many, many, many months. We don't know what the man's capable of. We don't know if there's any ring rust there. How long are we going to go on with all these vignettes and these QR codes and these these promos with Uncle Howdy and the masks and the alter egos? We got to get him in the ring at some point. Let's get him in the ring. Let's get him some in-ring action. Fans want to see it. I want to see it. You want to see it. L.A. Knight being in the ring with Bray Wyatt's going to get L.A. Knight to a bigger stage. This all works out if that's where they want to go. But other than that, I can't tell you. I I don't have a fucking clue as to where this goes. I'm not even going to begin to try. Because like I said, L.A. Knight was not on my fucking list of things to do with Bray Wyatt. Shotzi Blackheart. She was one of six women tonight. Sonya Deville, Zia Lee, 
Liv Morgan, Lacey Evans, and Raquel Rodriguez. Six-pack challenge. Winner of this match earns a SmackDown title match for the women's title at Survivor Series. Shotzi, Sonya, Zia Lee, Liv Morgan, Lacey Evans, and Raquel. <laughs> Raquel Rodriguez Gonzalez out there smiling. Maybe you should fucking have Braun Strowman. You know, you know, you got to go and give some of that to Braun Strowman, man. He's a little too angst. He's a little too wound up. Is Braun Strowman, right? I don't get it. Braun Strowman's so fucking angry with everybody. I mean, he should be the happiest guy in the fucking world. He's on SmackDown. He's back in the WWE. He's making money. He's over. He's popular. People are happy to see him back. He had a decent match with Omos that didn't fucking shit up the joint. His girlfriend is on the same brand he is. What the fuck is there to be angry about? Raquel Rodriguez. You guys know the deal. <laughs> I thought she was going to win this match, Smiley Raquel. Clearly not. This match went 12 minutes. 12 minutes that I can't get back. Fighting. They're all fighting. This was uneventful and uninteresting. Everyone fought all around ringside. Morgan and DeVille took the focus as they battled in the ring because they were uh, in a no-DQ match. What was it, last week, two weeks ago? I don't even remember. Morgan and DeVille, they were battling in the ring after their no-DQ match. Morgan set up the ring steps. DeVille dropped her on the steps instead. Zia Lee, she caught Shotzi with a kick to the spine. Zia Lee and Lacey Evans went back and forth. This is, I know this is exhilarating. This is great stuff, man. Everybody's like, oh, my God. I can't wait to see JD talk about this women's. This shit sucks. This shit sucks. Zia Lee and Lacey Evans went at it. Crowd was silent, to say the least. Everyone was laying around ringside, taking a fucking short nap. Morgan then comes back in. She ran wild, fired up on Zia Lee and Lacey Evans. She caught <laughs> She caught smiling Raquel with a DDT. DeVille tried to steal the pin. Morgan broke up the pin attempt from DeVille. Rodriguez Gonzalez hit the Tejana bomb on Zaya Lee. DeVille pulled her out. Fans then, uh, I don't know what the fucking fan, the, the, all the fans, man, every time, man, we want tables. What is, what is their, uh, what is their fantasy about tables? What is their sexual fantasy with the fucking tables in these women's matches, man? I don't know. I don't get it. So this was this was horrendous. Whatever the fuck happened here, man, this was awful. They botched big time here, man. I was like, Ugh. it was almost embarrassing to watch at one point. Fans broke into a we want tables chant. Rodriguez pulled out a table. She couldn't set it up on the first time. And she set it up eventually. She put the table in front of the commentary table. She set something up here with Sonya Deville, but Morgan dove off the barricade. She was looking to, I don't know what the fuck she was doing. Uh, she was, she, first, it didn't even look like she was facing the right way. It looked like she wanted to powerbomb Sonya Deville through the fucking table, and she had her back turned to the table. You can't do a powerbomb with your back turned to the table. So she's facing the wrong way, what looks to be facing the wrong way. Liv Morgan is on the barricade. 
She jumps off the barricade. They were supposed to all go crashing into the table, and they miss the table completely. And they fall to the ground, and then there's this this ominous and just cringe-like hush over the crowd because the crowd knew they fucked up, and the crowd started booing, and then the crowd again chanted, we want tables, we want tables. I don't know. This looked bad. This shit sucked. They completely missed the table. They were underneath the table. Rodriguez, Morgan, and DeVille just laid around. Wade Barrett did his best to try and uh, improvise over this because everybody knew they had fucked up. Rodriguez at the side of the table is what he was saying. In the ring, Shotzi all of a sudden pins Zia Lee for one of the most anticlimactic and flat finishes you'd see to a wrestling match all year. Shotzi Blackheart wins. Shotzi is getting a shot at Ronda Rousey for the SmackDown Women's title at Survivor Series. Long gone are the days of Ronda and Charlotte Flair at Survivor Series. Remember that? That was a good match. Charlotte and Ronda a few years back during Ronda's first run, right? Now we got Ronda and Shotzi Blackheart at Survivor Series for the SmackDown Women's Championship. Now, now listen. Listen. I appreciate Triple H giving Shotzi the win here. I do. I think one of the things that he wants to do is get Shotzi to where he believes she should be because she's been ice fucking cold. And Vince did her no favors either when Vince was in charge. So Triple H has done a lot to resuscitate Shotzi. He gave her the helmet back. He gave her the tank back. I'll get to that in a second. He gave her that attitude back. He gave her basically someone to believe in her. Because nobody believed in her, and nobody was really a fan of Shotzi in the old administration. They just used her as fucking jobber feed for the stars. That's all she was. I appreciate that she's getting a shot at Ronda Rousey, but this is not the first time that we've seen Shotzi and Ronda in the ring. The first time did not make me at all want to see a fucking rematch between Ronda Rousey and Shotzi Blackheart. I'll tell you that right now. It was absolutely a car crash of the worst fucking way. I appreciate it. But I'm going to be brutally blunt and honest with you guys. You know, going into this match and when the match was happening, all I'm thinking to myself is, do you really want to see any one of these six women wrestle Ronda Rousey at Survivor Series for the SmackDown Women's Championship? And if you say yes, you're a complete simp. You're a complete blithering idiot. All this match did is escalate the problems in the women's division. All this match did was escalate and fucking expose the problems in the women's division. There are no clear-cut competitors and challengers outside of Shayna Baszler for the SmackDown Women's Championship, and I don't think we're going there. Shayna is aligned with Ronda. She's not feuding with Ronda. So we're left with the fucking table scraps in the fucking division, which is what you get in this match. Liv Morgan has had how many times against Ronda? We're not doing that again. Nobody cares for it. Nobody wants to see it. Goodbye. Lacey Evans, she's been off TV. What the fuck does she, what, what did she do to deserve a women's championship opportunity? Nothing. Zia Lee, loser. Sonya Deville, loser. Love Sonya. She's a loser. Raquel Rodriguez, she hasn't been in anything. The last time we saw Raquel, she was losing tag team championships to damage control. Then we get Shotzi, who's looked like a loser herself. So we got six losers in a match 
and one of them comes out a winner to ultimately be a loser. Is Ronda going to make Shotzi look good? Probably not. Is the match going to be the most forgettable match of the entire evening? Probably. The only reason, the only reason why Shotzi Blackheart is getting this match at Survivor Series War Games is because, and how ironic it is, it's ironic, but it's also not ironic at the same time. She's getting a title match at War Games when the whole presentation of Shotzi is to come out on a fucking tank with a goddamn military helmet on at War Games. That was it. WWE's basis for booking a match for the SmackDown Women's Championship had 100% to do with Shotzi's tank entrance at War Games. That's what we're doing with the SmackDown Women's Championship? Now I'm waiting for somebody to go on social media and say that I hate women's wrestling. This is the best that we have for the SmackDown Women's Championship. You have a pay-per-view that is going to be an epic show, and this is the bottom of the barrel for the SmackDown Women's Division. We need to change things ASAP. Ronda is not doing anything good with the championship. She's not any she's not adding anything to the division. I don't believe I'm gonna I don't believe I'm gonna fucking say this, but Jesus fucking Christ. I mean, do we need Charlotte Flair back? Do we need Charlotte Flair back on Friday night to add some fucking star power to this division? I don't want to have to rely on the android. I don't want to have to rely on that. Charlotte Flair is imminently returning to SmackDown for the Women's Championship. Nobody wants to see that. Nobody. But here I am. Here I am. It's legitimately the only option. Where's Sasha? Can we get Sasha back on TV? Naomi, please. Somebody. This shit sucks. SmackDown Women's Division is fucking awful. It is. It needs... life. It's on life support. It's on life support. Ronda Rousey is not it. Shotzi's in the back. She's talking to herself and... Excited that she got this opportunity. Emma comes up and congratulates Shotzi on her win. Emma said she can take out Rousey. Shotzi told Emma, well, you took Ronda Rousey to the limit. Not really, but thanks for the compliment. Emma asked if she's seen Madcap Moss around here. Shotzi said, uh-oh, uh-oh, you're crushing, you're crushing on Madcap. Now, Metcap and Emma, I mean, it's not that difficult to figure out. You go to her social media. They are an item. Metcap and Emma are dating. So it looks like we're getting some real-life romance in storyline here on SmackDown. So Shayna all of a sudden walks up to Shotzi and said, Ronda will be giving her a beating of a lifetime at Survivor Series. What you actually won was a broken arm. What you actually won was a broken ankle. Your ankle is going to be snapped like a twig. She said she's getting chills just even thinking about it. Shotzi said Rousey has never faced someone like her and she will endure whatever she has in store for her. 
Shayna's like, oh, oh yeah? Oh, yeah. Why don't you tell that to Rhonda face-to-face? I would, says Shotzi. Oh, yeah? Turn around. She's right behind you. So Rhonda's standing right behind Shotzi, and then Shayna chokes out Shotzi, puts her in a sleeper, and leaves her laying motionless in front of her toy tank. God, do I love Shayna Baszler, man. That was all. I left my ass off at that. I thought that was great. It's the best thing that Ronda Rousey did all fucking year, man. Just stand there, and Shayna applies a sleeper hold on Shotzi Blacker. Gotta love it. Gotta love it. Kayla Braxton. She interviewed Ricochet about facing Mustafa Ali next week on SmackDown in the World Cup first round. Ricochet said this is his chance to win back what is his. He complimented Ali. Gunther showed up with Imperium. He asked what he meant by what's yours. Gunther asked if he had enough last time because he got his ass beat quickly by Gunther. He told Ricochet to fight with all his heart. Because he'd love to face him again. Gunther carries himself so good, doesn't he? Carries himself like a fucking champion. You gotta love it. So, Ali. Why is Ali on SmackDown? Ali is on SmackDown when he is a Monday Night Raw superstar. I got news on this. And the update, according to Fightful... Is that Mustafa Ali, obviously he was announced for the SmackDown World Cup, and a lot of people are like, well, isn't he a Monday Night Raw superstar? Well, he still is a Monday Night Raw superstar. Mustafa Ali, who's featured on Raw in a United States title program with Seth Rollins, was revealed as a SmackDown World Cup participant. I'm assuming he's going to end up losing to Ricochet, which should be a fantastic match, don't get me wrong. Shinsuke Nakamura, Ricochet, Butch, Jinder Mahal, Sami Zayn, Santos Escobar, and Braun Strowman. All SmackDown stars were announced for this tournament as well. This led many people to think that Mustafa Ali had been moved over to Friday Night SmackDown. Fightful was told by WWE sources that at this moment, Mustafa Ali is still a member of the Raw roster and is supposed to work both Raw and SmackDown during the tournament. We weren't given a reason at Fightful as to why Ali was brought in as opposed to using a SmackDown talent. Now, I mean, I'm not complaining. I mean, this is, listen. You know, if they mention something on commentary next week, I mean, what big of a deal? What's the big deal about it? Now, listen, I'll I'll be the first to tell you that I I don't want people coming over from Raw to SmackDown to SmackDown to Raw without any explanation. Triple H had given us an explanation as to why Baron Corbin got moved to Monday Night Raw from Friday Night SmackDown and Rey Mysterio wanted to quit. He made a trade. A trade was made between Raw and SmackDown. Raw got Corbin and Mysterio went to SmackDown. It's an uneven trade, but a trade nonetheless. They explained it. I hope that they explain this next week. We'll have to wait. The only thing I could see, if they go out and tell us, right, on commentary during the Ricochet and Ali match, first of all, we're getting a Ricochet-Ali match. That's number one. Number two, they wanted somebody that could represent this tournament outside of the United States, which is Ali. Do they have anybody else on SmackDown? I mean, we already have a United States representation in Ricochet. What more do we need? We got Canada in Sami Zayn. We got India in Jinder Mahal. We got Braun Strowman, who's United States, right? We got Santos Escobar from Mexico. We got Butch from the UK. Nakamura from Japan. What more do we need? We have 
two United States represent, representatives in this tournament. Ali is going to give us another non-U.S. participant in this tournament. And if they go out there and say that next week, I think that would tie up the loose ends here because people are going to begin asking, well, why is he on SmackDown when he's a Monday Night Raw superstar? We didn't get it really, we didn't really get an explanation for this. So let's give it some time. Maybe they say something next week. And if they don't, I'll revisit what I just said here next week when I cover the show. Jinder is Canadian, but not in WWE land. Jinder is Indian or Pakistanian, whatever. He is promoted to the Indian uh, audience. Jinder is Canadian, yes. Mansoor, nobody wants Mansoor in the tournament. Give me, give me a fucking break. Anyway, that's the only explanation. We get that next week. Hopefully, uh, it'll tie up some loose ends. Speaking of Jinder, Jinder Mahal! The modern-day Maharaja is back. This is Jinder's first match during the Triple H era. Hopefully, it's the last. Jinder Mahal stood next to the World Cup trophy at ringside. He said he's the greatest. (laughs) Oh, man. You know, Jinder is just as delusional as the Impact fans, bro. Seriously, Jinder says he's the greatest WWE champion. <laughs> oh, man. Jinder's a fucking comedian. I can't even get it out. <laughs> greatest WWE champion of all time, he says, man. They're just as delusional as the Impact fans, man. You know, the, the Impact fans that continue to say it's a great show every week, man. Yeah, how many people did you have this week, man? Eight. Eight fans! Wow! Man, I, I listen, Ginger had about seven fans in attendance tonight, man. Nobody gives a fuck. Nobody watches Impact. Fuck Impact. Fucking ridiculous. Nobody watches Impact and nobody gives a fuck about Ginger Mahal, man. Greatest WWE champion of all time. <laughs> oh, man. Fucking comedian, Ginger Mahal, man. I missed you too, he says. Yeah, it's not mutual, Ginger. Fans are booing him. He says he'll ascend back to his rightful throne by first winning the cup and then becoming the IC champion. Braun's music hit. Smash went two minutes. Jinder Mahal is squashed. He got he did get a running knee off on, on Braun Strowman. And that was it. He got a one count. Braun, he popped back up, beat Jinder in one minute later. Power bomb. That's it. Two minutes. This match went, and that was it. Strowman advances into the next round. Strowman, I don't know. I did an extra today. You guys can go check it out. I pinned it in the live stream chat. We did an extra. We talked about Braun Strowman. Braun Strowman's got major backstage heat right now over the comments that he uh, talked about as far as uh, what he said on social media. Braun Strowman seems to have uh, a social media problem. If Braun Strowman wants to know what his problems are, just look on Twitter. All his problems reside on Twitter. Other than that, you know, they've said that Braun Strowman's been on his best behavior, as he should. I don't know why. Why is Braun Strowman acting the way that he is, man? He's got everything he wants. He's on SmackDown. He's back in WWE. He's making money. He's over with the fans. He's being booked correctly. His girlfriend is backstage on the same brand that he's on. What's the problem? What's the problem here? So Braun Strowman, 
He gained a lot of criticism from uh, several of his colleagues after he targeted the flippy floppy wrestlers coming out of his match with Omas, and then he called them grocery baggers. They should be bagging my groceries over at Kroger's. WWE management is upset at him. They're aware, and they thought it was immature of Braun Strowman. Uh, He's been on his best behavior, but there may be some swift punishment coming to him. I don't know. I don't know. Gunther and Strowman seems to be the likely destination here coming out of the World Cup. And the punishments will be swift. How do we punish somebody that's been naughty, naughty, naughty online? Let's put him in a match with Gunther and have Gunther chop the living shit out of Braun Strowman. You want to fuck up again? You want to go and do social media again the way you did after Crown Jewel? You're going to the gulag with Gunther. It's a very simple. It's a very simple thing. Do you want to go to the gulag with Gunther or do you want to be a good little boy on social media, Broad? You choose. You choose. I think the choice is very simple. Nobody wants to go to the gulag with fucking Gunther. I'll tell you that right now. Selena Vega was in the ring. She was there with Legato. She was going one-on-one or scheduled at least to go one-on-one with B-Fab. Oh, boy. I don't know who asked for this match, but Top Dalla may be the only one. Hit Row made their entrance. The Viking Raiders showed up, and they charged to the ring, sparing us from this inevitable disaster of Zelina Vega and B-Fab. They attacked Hit Row. They beat up Ashante Adonis. They lifted Top Dalla up and slammed him to the mat in a double powerbomb. Sarah Logan was... I guess she was stalking Zelina Vega on the outside. She jumped over the barricade and ran for the hills. Sarah Logan is in the ring. She dragged B-Fab into the ring and lifted her and gave her a swift headbutt down. And then she stood with Ivar and Eric, and we got Sarah Logan looking all uh, ominous-like. She looks uh, intimidating. With Half of her face is painted black. She's got this witchcraft look to her. She's got this witch vibe to this Viking witch vibe to her. She looked good. The presentation looked great. The presentation looked great. Now, my only reservations are, is it going to be borderline too gimmicky? That's what I want to know. Ivar and Eric were doing great things before they went out with injury. Eric, I believe, got hurt. He tweaked his knee or something like that. I don't know what the fuck the issue was. He was injured. He was out. They beat the New Day in that Vikings rules match, and they were on their way to becoming uh, maybe number one contenders for the tag team championships. They're clearly owed a tag team championship match because they have been dominating. And unfortunately, they got injured. Now, Sarah Logan's back. The presentation looked great, but is it going to be borderline gimmicky? But to me, she looked great. She looks savage. She looks tough, right? That was probably the best presentation that we've seen of Sarah Logan in all the times that we've seen her in WWE. So we're going to give it time, man. It's about the Viking Raiders, though. It's not about Sarah Logan. Sarah Logan's going to be a nice little aspect, a nice little cherry on top of the presentation for the Viking Raiders, man. She's going to be that ominous presence on the outside. It's all about Ivar and Eric. That's what needs to be done. Sarah Logan can do what she does on the outside and be a nice threat, a nice compliment to the Viking Raiders. We may have something going here. But it seems like we're getting a Viking Raiders and hit row feud. I I don't know who acts for that. Hit Row seems ice cold, man. Yeah, I talk about my ice cold beverages, man. Hit Row is as 
cold or colder than my cold beverage. I don't know. Something is off about Hit Row. They do not feel like they even belong at this point. They're back. Honestly, it just feels like they're back because Triple H felt bad for them and wanted to give them a job with no plan behind it. They need something. What that something is, I don't know. We need something. Because right now, there's nothing. And I'm not interested in what they got going on. The Bloodline. They're out there. Roman Reigns makes his entrance. We got a loud Usi chant. Usi, Usi. Heyman insulted the fans in Indianapolis. Told them that they were being rude by booing him. And then he says, Indianapolis, you are not very Usi tonight. You're not feeling very Usi tonight. Reigns says it's not easy being the Usos' cousins. He was about to address Jimmy and Jay. But then Rich Holland and Butch interrupted before Roman Reigns explained what he wanted to talk about here. The Usos started laughing at the sight of the brawling brutes. Holland says he's sick of the bloodline using the numbers game every week. He said it's fight night, and they brought back up tonight in Indianapolis. Sheamus' music played. He made his return, coming right off of his marriage and honeymoon. And he's back, and he had a microphone in his hand, and the microphone kept going out, in and out, in and out. Sheamus could not get the point across that he wanted to make. Roman Reigns then turns around and makes fun of Sheamus's microphone not working. Sheamus then says, I don't need a, a microphone, fella. I'm going to come in there and show you what I could do face-to-face. I don't need to tell you on the microphone. So they get in the ring, and the Brutes and Sheamus charge to the ring. They were beat down by the bloodline. It was a numbers game. Four on three. And then we got Drew McIntyre running out there, and he marches out. He took out Jimmy in the aisle. He headbutted Jay. He swung away at Solo in the middle of the ring as they were throwing bombs at each other. Reigns gave Drew a big boot to knock him down. Sheamus got up. He went at it with Roman Reigns. Everyone brawled. Chaos on Friday Night SmackDown. And the show ended with the brawling brutes and Drew McIntyre battling the bloodline to close Friday Night SmackDown clearly setting up what is going to be the men's war games match at Survivor Series. This is the Brawling Brutes with Drew McIntyre against the Bloodline. I'm assuming it is five on five. The advertisement does indeed say five on five. So Sami Zayn, I'm assuming, is going to be involved. And the other is going to be Kevin Owens. Kevin Owens is going to be coming over from Monday Night Raw. And he's going to be joining in the fights alongside the Brawling Brutes and Drew McIntyre against the Bloodline, then the story can really unravel. That is going to be awesome. Not only does he have a bone to pick with Roman Reigns, because Roman Reigns owes him one, Sami Zayn is going to be involved, and Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens inside the War Games match, man. Sami's going to be put to the test big time. That's where the story's going to be. You thought what Roman Reigns and Jay Uso did inside Hell in a Cell told a great story. Wait till we get Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens, man. Wait till we get Sami and Kevin Owens in that War Games match and Sami does not want to fight his best friend. It's going to happen. It's going to happen. Kevin Owens has been off TV for this exact moment. WWE did not have any plans for Kevin Owens on TV. 
because Sami Zayn got so incredibly hot in the bloodline as the honorary Us, and now with this Usi thing, they are now extending the storyline because of how over Sami Zayn is and how over the bloodline. Oh, the bloodline is more over now than they ever have been because of Sami Zayn. And it may sound silly. He may not be bloodline, but my God, is it great television every week. And Sami Zayn, and the reason why he got hot is because it's long overdue. He's just great at what he does. He's charismatic. He's just got this natural charm to him. Obviously, it was going to rub off on the bloodline, right? He got himself over. He got the bloodline more over. They're pushing this back now. Kevin Owens, he was supposed to be interjected into this thing weeks ago. This was only supposed to be a couple of weeks, says Sami Zayn. Now it's extended. So Triple H told Kevin Owens, listen, we're going to keep you out. We're going to still involve you, but we're just going to let this, you know, marinate a little bit long. It's too hot right now. We don't want to bring you in right now. We're going to bring you in when it's time. Crown Jewel's coming up. You're not traveling to Saudi Arabia. Why do we need you on television? Just sit at home, spend time with the wife, do what you got to do, heal up, come back and be ready. War Games is going to be that time when he's back and he's going to be ready. The story that is going to be inside War Games, man, I'm telling you right now, it's going to be one of the best things that we see all year on pay-per-view. Love it. Love it, love it, love it, love it, love it. Solid ending to the show. And War Games is set up. War Games is set up. Anyway, guys, I appreciate y'all hanging out with me tonight. I thought tonight's SmackDown was very enjoyable. Very good show. Not the best show, but very good show. Easily the best show of the entire week, in my honest opinion. We're going to go over the Super Chats in just a second. But please, make sure you guys hit that thumbs up, man. I need 200 more likes. There's 2,100 people in here. I'm going to need you to hit that thumbs up if you have not done so already. 1,000 likes minimum is the goal. Make sure you guys follow me on social media. At JD from NY206 on Twitter. Hit that subscribe button down below. Turn on the bell for notifications. And please check out my sponsor for tonight's show, man. Blue Chew. BlueChew.com. Code JD at checkout. You're going to get yourself a free sample. All you guys have to do is pay that $5. Shipping and handling, man. Confidence, bro. It takes you far in life, man. It's one of the reasons why I have a successful podcast on YouTube, man. It's confidence. That confidence, that also resonates in the bedroom, man. Especially when it comes time to step up to the plate. That's where Blue Chew is going to get involved. Blue Chew is a unique online service that provides the same active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis. But this time, instead of swallowing a pill, it's a chewable tablet, man. It comes at the fraction of the cost as well as both. Of those other brands. You can take them anytime, day or night. You can plan ahead. Be ready whenever that opportunity arises. The process is very simple. You sign up at BlueChew.com. You go get interviewed and consult with one of their online medical providers. And once you are approved, you're going to receive your prescription within days. The best part, it's all done online. No waiting in line. No doctor's office. No awkward conversations face-to-face. And Blue Chew's tablets are made in the USA, and they are prepared and shipped direct to your door in a very discreet package. Guys, I always talk about first impressions, man. You only get one of them.
how about that first impression turns into a lasting impression and you're going to have that first impression happening every single time over and over and over again. Love it. So if you can benefit from that extra confidence, guys, why not? Blue Chew is going to help you out. BlueChew.com, code JD at checkout, $5 off. All you guys got to do is use that promo code at checkout. And you're on your way. And I want to thank them, as always, for sponsoring the podcast tonight right here on OTS. Let's start at the top. Get your cold beverages out, man. It's time for Super Chats. Grimsley with a $2 Super Chat. I acknowledge Sarah Logan completely. She looked good. She looked good, man. Michelle Moran. With a $5 Super Chat. JD, once again, you are right on the money. You called the men's war games match tonight. We got it. And now the clock is ticking for Sammy's downfall. Michelle, one of the things that you have come to know, because you're here every single night, is nine times out of ten, I'm usually right. They don't call me the ace for no reason. JC720 with a $10 Super Chat. Hey, JD, thought SmackDown was all right tonight. Introduced a few of my co-workers to your channel this afternoon. Was supposed to be working. Anyway, cheers. JC, I'd be very interested to know what your co-workers think of my channel. Hopefully they had nothing but positivity. Miles Marable with a $4.99. I guess I'm late. Just heard somewhere that Usi is Samoan slang for pussy. Hashtag OTS for life. Hashtag feeling oozy. Yes. Yes. Oozy uh, is Samoan slang for pussy. Absolutely. Not today, Jay, with a 499 super chat. SmackDown was okay tonight. I honestly believe we will be getting a five-on-five War Games match with Sammy and KO being the final members of each team. Indeed. That's exactly where we are going, Jay. I want to shout out some of my members, man. I want to shout out Otis. He rejoined and became an 11-month member not too long ago, Robert Dion, Greg Goldman, Cloudy Flavor, Andy Cardenas, Fire Marshal Bill, Anthony Nelson, Ghost Sniper 35, Skinner, Immortal Phoenix Reaper of Virginia, Victory Vic 100, C Styles, Jerome Suttles, and Big Rick 77. Thank you for all of your VIP commitments, man. I appreciate you guys very much. Philip Newton with a three months. Why does Sarah Logan look like Max the Impaler? That might be done on purpose, bro. I don't know. Paul Van Tassel. With a 24-month membership, Paul Van Tassel is on his way to getting a gold microphone. First of all, I would like to thumbs up 
to say thanks to all the men and women who have their lives on the line. Plus, my grandpa died 24 years ago on this day. Shout out to your grandfather, Paul. Happy to have you in the venue, brother. Tony Brown with a 199 Super Chat. He says, what's up, my friend? Tony Brown, what's going on, brother? Cheers to Tony Brown. Jack Silverman, get the fuck out of my chat, bro. No promoting unless I say so in the chat. Get him out. Get him out. Nick Williams with a $100 super chat. Thank you again, Nick Williams, my brother. Sad that the New Day lost, but happy my childhood is complete with Ash Ketchum becoming the new world champion of Pokemon after beating Leon. Leon. Round of applause for 25 years, and Santos is growing on me. I did see that. Jungle Boy versus Luchasaurus in a steel cage match. Excellent. AEW gives Jungle Boy an easy victory at... Well, it's not going to be easy, but it's an easy out for them to give Jungle Boy the victory at full gear. Because Luchasaurus cannot be pinned. As long as Luchasaurus is not pinned and Jungle Boy escapes through the cage or over the top rope, we're fine. Nick Williams, thank you so much, brother. Ali with four months. Hey, J.D., I just want to say that Bloodline versus Brawling Brutes, Drew McIntyre, Kevin Owens match is going to be epic to see. I can't wait for that. Some people are saying it could be carrying cross, but I, I, I can't see that. I, I can't see that happening. Why would Cross want to team up with Drew McIntyre and the Brawling Brutes? Noah Driscoll with two months. Thank you, brother. Hey, JD, hope all is well. Pretty solid episode of SmackDown tonight. The Viking Raiders with Sarah Logan might have been my favorite part of the show. Weird. Nothing weird about that, bro. Nothing weird about that at all. Justin with a four-month membership. Thank you, Justin. The Tag Team Championship match was the best way to open the show tonight. Congratulations to the Usos on being the longest Tag Team Champions in WWE. Hashtag OTS for life. Thank you, Justin. MGM Bolin, 13 months. Says a year ago today, I became a member. Absolutely no regrets. Cheers, my man. Cheers, brother. Appreciate you very much. MGM Bolin, 13-month member. Big Rick with a new membership. Thank you so much, Big Rick. What are you drinking? Philip Newton. Well, they won 99 Super Chat. I have a feeling Triple H wants to get Muda in the Hall of Fame. Probably. I could definitely see it. The Kingdom Kid with a 499. Raw women have war games. SmackDown women should have a traditional Survivor Series elimination match. No. The war games match should be enough of the women representation on WWE's pay-per-view. Plus, we got a championship match. That's all we need. Relic with a $5 Super Chat. How's Boss Man doing tonight, brother? I'm doing good, man. Wanted to pop in, say hi, let you know that I appreciate everything you've done over the years. Thank you, JD. Brother, thank you so much, man. As always, Relic with that great uh, Super Chat and responsible for the long-term booking intro you see on the podcast. 
and Black MacGyver with a $5 super chat. I stopped listening to you because you are so negative, but I keep coming back because you tell the hard truth like no one likes to hear. Black MacGyver, I was about to block you in the first second or two reading that super chat. But I'm giving you comment of the evening, bro. We have a hater, $5 super chat, telling me I stopped listening to you because you're negative. But I always come back because you tell the truth and no one likes to hear that. Black MacGyver, shout out to you, bro. Comment of the evening. Comment of the evening for Black MacGyver. Anyway, guys, I'm getting out of here. About to close up the venue for the night. I don't know what we're doing tomorrow. If there's news, I'll cover it. If not, I'll see you on Sunday. Yes, Black MacGyver is uh, basically the JD experience. People don't like me, but they can't stop listening to me. People don't like me because I speak the truth and I don't fit their narrative. It's the same old story. Uh, Furious Nation with the 14 months. What's up, JD? Solid SmackDown tonight. War Games shaping up to be good with the bloodline and the brawling brutes. Guys, thank you for a great show tonight, man. I appreciate you. Follow me on social media at JD from NY206. Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, Cameo. Go check out today's extra. It's on the channel. Hit that subscribe button. Hit that thumbs up. A thousand likes, minimum, no questions asked. And I need that fucking music on max. Guys, if there's any news, tomorrow you'll see another extra. If not, Sunday, live, VIP only. Off the script, Sunday night, 8 p.m. I'll see you guys there. Until then, have a great Friday night. Have a great Saturday afternoon. And I'll see you guys tomorrow or Sunday right here on OTS. I'll see you guys later. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to fifteen hundred dollars back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet 
BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. 